Okay, testing. Testing. Uh, Jim, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good. We'll meet you. Marlo, can you hear me? Testing. Yes. Hi, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, Marlo, so continue to work on Coach Struthers. Coach Struthers, can you hear me? Yeah, Marlo, continue to work on getting Coach Struthers over to the to the Cajos room. All right, thank you.
came on tested Coach Neil and Coach Struthers. Please call Dr. Marlowe. Her number is in the emails I sent you. Thank you. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Good evening and welcome to another version of the Cliff Bird and Friends Sports Talk featuring the very best in women's athletics and HBCU sports. We have a great, great show this evening for you. And before we get started, I just want you to meet, uh, say hi to my co-hosts, Jim Waddell. Hello, everyone. Good, good evening. All righty. Thank you, Jim. We also have Dr. Marla Kemp. She may be, be able to say good evening She's working on something right now. Can you say good evening, Dr. Kemp? Good evening, everyone. All righty. All righty. So we're going to get started. And we have some great, great news for you. Now, before we get started with our woman of the month, we want to talk about <clears throat> a few things going on. Uh, next week, We'll have as a guest, none other than Coach Brittany Anderson. Now, Coach Brittany Anderson is the assistant coach for the Stanford Cardinals in women's basketball. They're ranked number two or number three in the country right now. And they and she coaches the guards. Uh, Haley Jones projected number two pick in the WNBA draft coming up in April and May. And so we're going to continue to get ready to welcome Coach Brittany Anderson. The following Monday, we have a very special guest, President Kimberly Meadows Clark. She's the president of the new basketball league, HBCU. Professional Basketball League, entitled A League of Our Own. It's the first professional basketball league that we made up of former HBCU players. And the league will be basically in the southern states. She'll be on our show in approximately two weeks. 
This is a tremendous opportunity and show that you don't want to miss. So again, we look forward to having Miss Kimberly Meadows Clark. Now, this month, like History Month, our Woman of the Month is none other than Flora Flo Jean Hyman. She was a U.S. Olympic, Olympic silver medalist in volleyball, whose career ended suddenly in 1986 when she collapsed and died on the volleyball court from Marfan syndrome, a genetic disease. She was born in California in 1954 and discovered volleyball in high school. From there, she went to the University of Houston and then the Volleyball World Championships and the U.S. Olympic Volleyball Team. As an Olympian, Hyman led the U.S. to a silver medal in 1984, losing the gold to China. She was also named to the 1980 Olympic team, but did not play as the United States boycotted the Moscow Olympic Games. Although her impact on U.S. volleyball cannot be overstated, Hyman's impact on women's sports overall may have been even greater. As early as college, it was clear that Hyman cared deeply about promoting and sustaining women's sports. She was the recipient of the first women's athletic scholarship from the University of Houston, but she refused part of the scholarship to allow some of her teammates to receive funding as well. After the 1984 Summer Olympics, Hyman advocated to strengthen women's sports. She worked with Coretta Scott King, Geraldine Ferraro, and Sally Ride to lobby for the Civil Rights Restoration Act of 1987 and strengthen Title IX of the Educational Amendments of 1972, which protected people from discrimination based on gender in education programs or activities that received federal funds. Flo Hyman. Now, to a day that we weren't sure a year ago, we would see. And Jim, I want you to chime in, Marlo, and anybody, please put your comments in the chat. This past weekend, Brittany Griner signed a contract with the Phoenix Mercury for $165,000 and a one year. She is or will be back in the WNBA this season. Jim, tell us what you think. Yes. We, we, we talked about this on another show <clears throat> we worked on, Mark Jones and Friends, our parent, parent show, about this time, February 24th, last year. We didn't think we'd see this day. Tell us the significance, Jim. Brittany Griner, coming back. Well, I'm happy for her that she has won been freed to that she's able to come back and play basketball. I think she'll be a symbol of uh, 
on women's sports when she comes back to play for the Phoenix Mercury. You know, they've gone a little bit of a change this year, but I think they're still going to be a good team. We'll see how they compete up against the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty. It looks, it's looking like it's going to be a great season for the WNBA. Season 26. Yeah. And I believe Diana Taurasi just uh, resigned with them as well for her 19th season. So things to look it up for the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, Jim, I was reading that security for her could be interesting this year. You know, the women still fly commercial, but with her now coming back from Russia, all the attention, how do you think they'll make adjustments as far as the WNBA and her security? She will be more secure. You know, I would love to see the WNBA fly uh, charter jets. You know, I think a lot of the teams, Phoenix. Jim? Okay, we may have lost Jim uh, for a second. Jim? Can you hear me? Now we can. Can you hear? Yes. Okay, I think it's the WNBA needs to uh, get with the NBA and use their uh, charter jets so the travel will be easier and I think secure for Brittany Griner. I know one team got in trouble last year for using a private jet. I think they were fined $50,000. New York, yes. But I think they should be allowed to use those jets. All righty. Maybe this will push forward for the rest of the league as a whole. I hope so. We'll see what happens. Uh, other things happening. HBCU sports. This year, gymnastics, Fisk University, the first team, women's team, uh, from an African-American HBCU to uh, compete in gymnastics. Talladega is coming next year with the second gymnastics team, HBCU school. But something we've missed. This past month, Howard University was the first HBCU to put a swimming team in the NCAA to compete. And in that sport, only 1.5% of NCAA athletes competing in swimming are African-American. So this is also very, very historic. And Jim, I'm going to ask you to come back in and talk about what you think this achievement means and where it's going for HBCUs as we expand the sports that we offer our students. Well, I think it's it's excellent that we are expanding. You know, Hampton University now has a lacrosse team. I know a young man from St. Petersburg that plays on that team. You know, Howard has golf by Steph Curry. Now they have swimming, which they made the cover of Sports Illustrated yes. for. And I think all of these in Talladega, like you said, is getting a... Uh, 
women's gymnastic team. So I would hope that we would continue to offer sports that are not off the beaten path for most HBCUs, but still a necessary thing, I think, to uh, expand our athletes. Yes, it is. Yes, thanks so much, Jim. We'll continue to follow these stories. Now, we know it's March Madness time, and we have a great coach coming on later on. But we don't want to forget the other great sport that happens in the winter. We don't talk about it much. And that is our track and field indoor championships. So let's talk about a few of our conferences. Let's go first to the CIAA. They had the indoor championship in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, February 13th and February 14th. And we need to congratulate the women of Fayetteville State University. This is their third championship indoor in the last four years. And this is the first indoor championship for the men of Claflin University in quite a while. So let's give these guys an applause for the indoor championships. And let's see if that converts to the spring outdoor championships for these ball clubs in the CI, or excuse me, for these track teams in the CI. Double A. Let's give him a hand. Now, let's continue on. February 16th, February 17th, the SWAC, Southwestern Athletic Conference, they also held their indoor track and field championships. Last year, this was swept by Prairie View College, men and women. But this year, it goes to the Alabama State Hornets. Their men and women are the champions of the SWAC indoor track and field championship season this year. Now, the MEAC, they are holding their indoor track and field championships as we speak. It started on 219 and ends on 221 at the Virginia Beach Sports Center in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And we will definitely bring you the results of those championships. So also, our other two conferences, the SIAC, they have only spring championships. So there's no indoor there. And the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference also only has spring outdoor track and field championships. So we want to keep an eye on all of our track and field uh, runners as they continue to excel in their sports. And we'll bring you some of the independent HBCUs next week on our show and tell you how they're doing. Now, the shift, bracketology time, March Madness time. And let's go through the three conferences that are going to be starting the March Madness this week. I'll take you through the women's segment. Jim will look at the men. All right. Let's start with the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. 
beginning, and the tournament will be held in Tugaloo, Mississippi, on the campus of Tugaloo College. Okay? Tugaloo, Mississippi, on the campus of Tugaloo College. Okay? On February 23rd at 2 p.m., 12 p.m., number two seed, Fisk Lady Bulldogs versus the Oakwood Lady Ambassadors. February 23rd at 5 p.m., number one, the Rust Lady Bearcat versus Southern University of New Orleans Lady Knights. February 24th, Wild Lady Wildcat, ranked number four, versus Dillard Lady Blue Devils. And also, February 24th, Philander Smith, Lady Panthers versus the Tugaloo Lady Bulldogs. So there you have it, the G-C-A-C. All right, the CIAA. The CIAA consists of 12 schools. And for the women, the first round leading to the quarterfinal, the top 14 get a bye. Here we go. Number eight, Johnson C. Smith versus Virginia Union, the winner to play in the quarterfinal, Fayetteville State. Number five, Elizabeth City versus St. Augustine, the winner to play. Bowie State, Shaw versus Claflin, the winner to play Winston-Salem State, and Virginia State playing Livingston, and the winner will play the number two seed and defending champions in the women's division, the ladies of Lincoln University. We will take a break, and we'll be right back. Alrighty, we'll let Jim take us through some men's sports. All right, Dr. Cliff. 
start out with the CIAA, which has their tournament starting tomorrow. They have uh, number five, number five, living number, I'm sorry, number, number nine, eight, Livingstone plays Elizabeth City State. That game will play Claffin. No, the fourth seed. Number six, Lincoln plays number 11, J.C. Smith. Number seven, Shaw plays at Bowie State. The winner of that plays Northfield with 17.8. Corey Williams is 17.6. I'm sorry, uh, Terrence is from uh, Virginia State, and Corey is from Lincoln. Rebounding champion will be R Ramad Wright of Virginia Union, followed by Robert Osborne, his teammate of Virginia Union. And Amandu Fay had 7.4 from Elizabeth City State University. <clears throat> Player of the Week, Kyrie Temple of Livingstone. Defensive Player of the Week was Amadou Fay of East Elizabeth City State. And Rookie of the Year was Jaquante Harris of Elizabeth City State. Over to the SIAC, which has, game, which has league games today and tomorrow. So we can't tell you their uh, tournament schedule until later on in the week, which it starts on Saturday the 25th. The leading scorer was Tony Copa of Spring Hill and Beryl with 18.3. And his teammate, Beryl Cabanga, also had 18.3 points. Tavares Oliver rounded off the top three with 16.9 from uh, Edward Waters University. Malachi McCoy, Benedict, and Larry Kumi of Edward Waters both tied with 8.9 rebounds per game, where Beryl Cabanga also had 8.6 from Spring Hill College. The standings as of now are Morehouse, number one, Savannah State, two, Fort Valley State, three, Alabama State, four, Clark Atlanta, five, Benedict, six, Edward Water, seven, and Allen, eight. In the Western Division, you have Tuskegee at one, Miles at two, Lemoyne Owen at three, Lane at four, Kansas State at five, Central State at six, and Spring Hill at seven. In the GCAC, superlatives would be the scoring champ was key. Kay Dooling from Dillard, followed by D. Craven from Rust, and M. Harvey from Wiley. Rebounding champ would be M. Ashley from Fisk, followed by E. Jones of Fisk, and J. Prophet of Oakwood. Now their tournament standings are set. 
it would be number one Tugaloo at 14 and 0, facing Sumo at 0 and 14 in the league. Number four Wiley at eight and six plays number five Rust at nine and nine. Number three Dillard at nine and five plays number six Fisk at six and eight, and Philander Smith at ten and four. Second seed plays Oakwood the seventh at two and twelve. Now we had an NBA All-Star weekend this past Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <coughs> and you know, starting out Team Paul for Paul Gasol won the Rising Stars uh, tournament twenty-five to twenty. They were led by Jose Alvarado, Jay Nivey. Scotty Barnes, number one pick, Paolo Blanchero, Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray, and Andrew Nimhard. Team Jazz won the Skills Challenge with Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, Colin Sexton. Damian Lillard wins the three-point contest on his last shot. Lillard had four appearances before and said if he didn't win, it would be his last. And he made a Larry Bird-esque comment saying that he was going to win it to all the participants before they started. Mac McClung won the uh, dunk contest. He signed a two-way contract with the Sixers last week. He's yet to play in the league this year. He's played two games prior and plays with Delaware of the G League affiliate of the Sixers. Now, Mac McClung one, did one thing that was refreshing. He made all of his dunks on his first attempt. Mm -hmm. Team Giannis won against Team LeBron with Jason Tatum having an all-star high of 55 points. That is the highest one person scoring ever in an all-star game. And we also had a, a HBCU showcase game on Saturday afternoon, where Grambling beat Southern 69-64. Each team got $100,000 for playing in the game, and Shondarius Coward led Grambling with 15 points, while Jordan Smith and Cartier Gordon both had chipped in with 14 apiece. Now, we made mention about the NBA, so let's go over the NBA records, not records, but NBA standings at the All-Star break. was about 25 games for most teams left. In the East, you have the Celtics, number one, followed by the Bucks, followed by the 76ers, followed by the Cavs, Nets, and Knicks. In the West, you have the Nuggets, followed by the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Mavs. As the playoffs started now, all six of those teams would be in and not have to play in a play-in. Now, some other NBA news. You have some signings. You know, we had the trade deadline the week before last. Now, a lot of these players have been bought out and have signed with different teams. Russell Westbrook is going to be able to stay in his home, just move across the uh, dot com, the uh whatever, the, I forget the name of the stadium, but he signed with the Clippers. 
So he's moving from the Lakers, who trade him to the Jazz, to the Clippers. Kevin Love was released by the Cavs and signed with the Miami Heat. And Patrick Beverly is going to sign with the Chicago Bulls. Now, we had four All-Stars that were injured and either couldn't play in the game or played very sparingly. I believe Steph Curry should be making a comeback in this week from his ankle injury. LeBron, after he scored the uh, record, after he bested Kareem in the scoring record, set out a couple games, but I think he's he'll be good to go in the second in second half. Giannis had a sprained wrist in his last game, played 20 seconds in the All-Star game. Went to see a specialist in New York where she said that he probably will miss some games until he gets his feeling right in his wrist. And Kevin Durant, who was traded from the Nets to the Suns, should be making his Suns debut later this week. And also, there is a uh, game on ESPNU, which is FAMU, versus Alabama A&M, I believe, at 9 o'clock today. All right. All righty. Thanks so much, Jim. We're going to take a break. We're still trying to see if we can get Coach Struthers through the line. If not, we would have to work on conducting the interview through the chat with Coach Struthers. We'll be back in approximately one minute. Can you hear me? Testing. No, we can't hear him. Coach Struthers, are you there? I see him in the room there. He's connected. Coach Struthers, testing. Are you there? All right. We'll continue to work on this. But let me introduce him and tell you some things about this program. Coach Eric Struthers. Coach Struthers is the president, head men's basketball coach at Tugaloo College in Tugaloo, Mississippi. Coach Struthers is no stranger to paying his basketball coaching dues. He spent three decades as an assistant coach, and it was stints at Jackson State, Mississippi Valley State, and most recently was promoted 
the head coach at Tugaloo College. All righty. Coach Struggers is a Vicksburg native. He walked on at Jackson State. He eventually made an impact, and he was the team's most valuable player, both as a junior and senior. Following a brief professional hiatus in the Continental Basketball Association and overseas, the criminal justice undergrad decided to go back to his alma mater and earn a master in physical education. This helped him create his coaching path. A large portion of his coaching experience took place at Jackson State University, where he spent 20 years as an assistant coach. In 2018, Coach Struthers was inducted into the Jackson State University and SWAT Hall of Fame. His expertise as a coach was also a contributing factor in the Tigers' three appearances in the NCAA tournament. He later left for Mississippi Valley State in a similar role and managed to add his legacy. Coach worked coach staff to win the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference titles with an appearance last year in the NAIA tournament. Presently, as a head coach, Tugaloo College is 26-1 and one as they plan okay. to host the GCAC conference tournament this year and make a run for the NAIA national championship. Let's see if we can get them through the line. Coach Eric Brothers. Are you there, Coach? All right, we heard we heard his line trying to come through. Can you hear me? All right, coach is there. Good, <laughs> perfect pass. Right on time, coach. How you doing? We're coming through. How you doing, coach? Okay. Can you hear me? We heard you come. Yes, we can. You're coming through. Okay. All right, Coach Struthers, are you there? We'll take a minute break and we'll come right back. Are you there? I'm here. All righty. Great to have you, Coach, and great to get you through the line. And I want to thank also Dr. Marla Kemp for continuing to work and get you through. It is such an honor and a pleasure to have you here on the Cliff Burt and Friends Sports Talk Show. So, Coach, tell us about your journey starting at Jackson 
faith as a walk-on and, and, and some of your coach experience leading up to your head coach appointment? I'm breaking up, but I, I'm thinking I can hear you and just talk to you. Uh, I started sure. you know, state. I, I came there as a I started every game for my sophomore year. Um, coming to uh, um, then once I uh, then uh, later on I um, left Jackson became a Hall Jackson State, and then I'm a Hall of Famer in the swag. And then uh, I started a career coaching at Jackson State. Then, of course, I went to years, and now I've been here for four years. A year as a head coach. All righty, and 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 I'm gonna just repeat some of it, Coach, because you're breaking up, okay? And that you walked on at Jackson State, you uh, ended up becoming an excellent starter before you left. You went on to coach there for several years. You also are Hall of Famer at Jackson State and a SWAT Hall of Famer. And then came to Cougaloo College, and you've been an assistant coach at Cougaloo College for about four years. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been here three years. Um, legendary, legendary coach for three years, and then this is my fourth year. Okay. And so this is your fourth year and your first year as your head, as the head coach. Now, <clears throat> you've been assistant to Coach Billups there at Tugaloo. And uh, interesting enough, you really didn't have to learn this ball club like a coach coming in new. Because being there four years, you and Coach Billups, well, he decided you're the best man for the job. And he has also stayed on as the assistant coach, as your assistant. Is that correct? Yes, he coached me in high school. We had a relationship probably since junior high. Very familiar with each other. And uh, we decided we was going to switch roles to uh, become a head coach. Uh, on the roll. Yeah. Coach, so tell me about this team because it seems like. Tupelo College is the best kept great team in all of five uh, of our HBU conferences. No one's talking about you. Um, you're 26 and one. You've lost your third game of the season, I believe, to a Division II school. Uh, what made this thing gel so well uh, this year, coming off last year's NAI? appearance in the in the tournament we put the two d's in, in the first one is is defense and the two d's and we put and this team this year we played uh, we 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 better discipline and uh, i really have some really next level i got cam and guard he can drive all and uh, he can run plays, and I put 
there's definitely a mid D1 player that we have that is really good, left hand kid. Johnson and really got a, a kid out of bat, uh, and his brother plays a really good player. Uh, he's good around the basket, have soft rebound the ball well, and he blocked. And we got some more, we got some more pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, coach, you have. Uh, I looked at your roster. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. I'm sorry. You're breaking up a little bit. Yeah. I looked at your roster, and it looks like you have quite a bit of success recruiting at the community college level. It looks like you have about six or seven youngsters on your roster from community college. Tell us about that that strategy. Well, well, you know, uh, we have to get all the junior college, but of course, I'm 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 a little bit from the old and develop them with the with the mm-hmm. happening. We got junior college and and which they got their year back, and we was the players, so that was. Going into the last couple that we kept around, it was mm-hmm. we have quite a bit of technical uh, difficulty getting coach. Coach, let me ask you this question if I can get you through the line. And we'll probably go to about 8.45. And then what I want to do, I know you're hosting the Gulf Coast Conference at Tugaloo, the tournament this week. I want to talk on that briefly. And then we want to also bring back when we can clear up these lines. I really want to hear everything you have to say. So, Coach, tell us about your team and how do you feel hosting the tournament this week? If we can get you through. About hosting the tournament, man. It's, it's going to be good atmosphere. I think I, I can, uh, done a very, very good in the tournament here. Uh, I think it's going to be a real success. And I think it's going to be a really good turnout. And now the two glue fans in the Jackson area, is we're going to have a tournament. Absolutely. Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes, um, we had the opportunity to interview her about seven months ago, and she's very forward-thinking. Uh, the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference games will also be streamlined or on some form of uh, platform where those far who can't make it to the tournament can also view every game. And so... She's made some great moves on behalf of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference this year. Also, uh, the conference is now sponsored by Hope Credit Union, a bank, and that's helping to solidify some of the finances of the league. Uh, what what have you seen the difference um, playing this season where you played three games on a weekend? How do you like that format, Coach? 
Well, well, actually, playing the three games back to back during the season, it it, it mm -hmm. players ready to play. You know, where some teams uh, will play six or seven kids that really. So it was an advantage for us, but uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's just tough to motivate me. We was able to get through. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it, it might change next year. Whatever, uh, Kiki. Do you think? Uh, I'm going to support Absolutely. What, what Coach said was, because it kind of broke up, that everything that Dr. Barnes wants to do, we're going to fully support her. She's the commissioner of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. We're going to go to a break, and Coach will come right back. Coach, how you doing? And we're here with uh, anybody have any questions, please, please put them in the chat. We're talking with the coach, Eric Struthers. 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 Hello? Hello? I'm here, Coach. I'm here, Doc. How you doing? Can you hear me a little better now? Yes, we, yes, we can. can. Okay, well, I'm, right, good. I'm right. ready to go now. I think I figured out what all the right, problem right. was. Okay. Okay, Coach, okay, great. Coach, great. All right. So, Coach, we want to know about uh, your team last year, you went to the NAIA tournament. You lost the first round. I looked that team up that you lost to last year, and, and they're ranked number four in the nation. But what I didn't see in the NAIA coaches poll, top 25, as of today, they don't have Tugaloo ranked. Does that give your team extra motivation. Now, I know you're not looking past the Gulf Coast tournament, but does that give your team extra motivation? Well, Doc, we, we, we don't look at, we don't look at our record. Of course, we 26 and one, but we start off every day. O and O. So that helped motivate my team every day. We don't talk about, are we, we one and O or two and O or O and what we start off every day. And that give my team motivation that we, we start every day, zero and zero. So, you know, us not being ranked, you know, that's unfortunate because I think we should be ranked, but it's unfortunate. And it's something we, we don't drill on. We just we just try to get better every day. 
So my kids are focused, and we focus on Suno, the team that we're going to play Thursday at 7 o'clock. And we just challenge all our focus right now on Thursday. And then once we get to Thursday, then we'll move to Saturday. So that's what we got all our thinking, and, and we we trying to put all our energy into Thursday right now. All right. All right. Now, Coach, Jim, you had a question? Yes. Jim. Looking at your uh, – just James Wardell, Coach. I'm sorry. Looking at your going from a walk-on to uh, MVP and a Hall of Famer, you must have had, you had must serious have. convictions in your book. Well, yeah, well, I, I had a father in my life that was um, that, that taught me a lot of things about uh, the civil rights movement and what and, and taught me a lot about get an education because he didn't have a chance to get an education. He didn't have a chance to go to college and play uh, play a sport. So when he put me he put me in and told me about all the things that happened when he was young, it motivated me. It motivated me uh, to to do much better than what, what he what he's done. And I walked on and I once I walked on and I figured everything out. Um, and um, I became a really good player, you know, at, at my position back in the in the um, the early '90s. Um, you know, I played with Lindsey and Hunter, played against Bobby Fields, um, Al Ford, guys like that. That really motivated me to uh, make my game a little better. Coach, coach, <coughs> do, the advantage of a small school when you're going to recruit a player or the advantage of just a regular student wanting a good education, the advantage of coming to a Tugaloo, about 650, 700 students, I believe. Yes. Tell me the advantage of that, and how do you sell it to a student or even to players when you recruit them? Well, the advantage at Tugaloo when I sell I sell kids, I'm going to sell them a great education. When you look at the uh, Tugaloo, you got – you got 30% of, of the doctors that comes out of Tougaloo that are doctors. You got 40% that graduate from Tougaloo that become lawyers out of Mississippi. So if you get a degree from Tougaloo, you're you, you going to get a good job when you, when you leave out of college. So I sell them that. I just, I just sell them on coming here and developing as a player. And, um, and it's just being happy here at Tougaloo. If, you're gonna be, if you be happy, you're going to go to class. You're going to want to go to practice. And you're going to do the right thing to get better. And I think 90% uh, of my kids are on the right track to do that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Coach, I did see uh, on your website last May you listed, I think it's 24 or 25 student athletes that graduated last May. And I just think that's wonderful and, and evidence, true evidence of what's going on. Uh, down there at Tugaloo. Coach, I had a question. With the NIL, name, image, likeness, I want you to take that one first, and then the transfer portal second. How do you think that has helped or hurt the college athlete? Let's take the NIL first. Well, with the, the NIL name, image, and likeness, I think, you know, it's going to help some kids, you know, because some kids are struggling. 
and uh, that's just a means for them to get, you know, money and stuff that they wouldn't get because, you know, it, it's pretty tough to work a job, go to practice, and go to school. You understand? Mm -hmm. So when I played, it was, I couldn't work a job and, 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 and still go to school and perform uh, at, this, at the college level. But now it's giving them a, a source of income. And I think it's a good thing because if other people are going to make money off you, why not? Why not the student athletes? Give a little bit back to the student athletes. Now, with the transfer reporter, it's hurting. It's hurting the kids. It's it's definitely hurting the high school kids. You know, uh, when you can just transfer and go where you want to go, and you don't have to sit out a year, it's definitely hurting the high school kids. So a lot of coaches they going into the portal and getting kids that's already that already know how to play older kids and big and stronger kids rather than going and getting the high school kids. And I think that's hurting. It's hurting the high school kids. Yeah, we had an athletic director on from Edward Waters, and she said that um, what's happening at some of our HBCUs, we bring them, we develop, and then either larger HBCU or a PWI now takes that developed kid. So the schools with less revenue within this are going to get a hurt. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think, you know, kids are, uh, especially, you know, when I looked in the Southwest Athletic Conference, you got kids that's doing well in that conference, then you got bigger schools coming in and and and, and attracting those kids, making them go on the portal and, and taking better kids out of, out of HBC conference and bringing them to their conference, you know. But again, it's it's happened some of the HBCUs with the Porter because a lot of good high school players having a hard time going to the bigger schools, and we getting some of these kids just just uh, not not getting recruited by the big schools. I see. I see. I see. So it's go both. It going both ways. All righty, uh, we're gonna go an extra five or ten minutes on our show tonight because of the difficulties, Coach, and we want to make sure we get everything in um, that we couldn't in the beginning. In the beginning. I'm going to ask Dr. Kemp, one of our co-hosts. Dr. Kemp, come on in with a question or so. She helped get to get, get you here tonight, Coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. She did a great job. She did a great job of getting in. <laughs> yes, she did. Hi, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. My question was, I, was, read, um, I that read that GPA ejects in their conference. conference. I, I just wanted to make sure that your team maintained that at Tougaloo. Uh, the GPA? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. Actually, you know, we implemented, um, you know, playing here where we got uh, uh, Coach Neil. He was on earlier. He's oh, he's my academic coach. And we have study hall Sunday. Tuesdays and Thursdays, then actually you got uh, coaches, we call academic coaches on campus where you can go to and you can get tutor, you can get help, you can get whatever you need uh, from our academic coaching staff that's, that's, they got a whole staff on campus just for kids that's having uh, difficulties in class. So we definitely got a really good GPA. We got it, we got, I got eight seniors and I think six of them going to graduate. So uh, right, we're doing right. a really good job academically here at Tupelo. 
their first year anyway. Doc, she always talk about academics and athletics. So we put those two together. So we really working hard on both academic and the athletic part of it. Coach, you know, it's hard. Uh, I grew up down south, played at Fisk, but now I live in the Jersey area. And sometimes Jersey, New York, go over to Detroit, where my co-host Ardell is from. Um, how do we get our kids to understand the opportunities in the South, a place like Tugaloo? You know, I don't see a lot of kids recruited from up here. And we try to tell them about our schools down South, but many of them are hesitant. What do you think we can do to change that perspective? Because there's so many opportunities at our HBCUs in the South, like Tugaloo. Yeah, one thing is your show, just getting it, getting the, the information out to these young kids and let them know that we're having great schools down here. This is where most of the schools started, uh, HBC started, and we got some great programs down here that they can come through and be really good. Actually, I'm recruiting a bunch of kids out of New York, New Jersey area, uh, D.C. area. I'm, 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 I'm reaching out far because, you know, it's a, it's a lot of talent out there that people – not not looking at and and definitely i got guys that play for me that's sending me kids from up the new york area and uh and they got some really good talent so i think we just got to get the information out there mm -hmm. and once they see the information i think we're more kids that come from the new york area and the northern area and come down to the south absolutely absolutely absolutely, absolutely. Well, coach well, coach i'm gonna i'm gonna jim jim did you have a question i'm sorry jim Coach, I'm going to pivot shift the last 10 minutes on a subject that we've been talking about on the show. And I also noticed on your website, uh, we stand with Tyree Nichols and the other situations that have been going on in this country. You have your own children, I'm sure. You got, you got 12 young 12 men. Young Every, man, every young man, every year, every year like your like children. children. How do we address the situation of our of young, young men being, being unjustifiably unjust sometimes killed and sometimes beaten, such as in Memphis? In Memphis. Well, uh, with social media today, uh, we should be able to get out and educate our kids more to what's going on, uh, and I think it's an unfortunate si situation that happened, and it, it, it just don't kill the, 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 the person that got killed lives, but the, the people that, all the people that was involved, it touched so many lives, and it's going to destroy so many families and, and relationships, and it's just so unfortunate, and I think things like that need to be told and, 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 and learned by our young black youth, you know, the, the ones that's in power, and then the ones that's just coming through the system, they need to know about these things and how, how, how bad that is and how bad that can devastate communities. So I think they just need to get educated a little bit more about things that happen like that. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Coach Stan, with you, there's also some legislation down in the state of Mississippi, actually across the country, that built uh, HR, I don't know, 1120, but uh, mm -hmm. these are the kind of things that we want to make sure 
we keep on the forefront. And and even though we're a sports show, we're going to make sure we always give some time to educate our audience and, and the podcast that we send these out to, to stay conscious of, of what we're really here for. And and, and so we just want to uh, make sure that we bring that to the forefront. Coach, uh, any last words from you? I know you're getting ready. I know it's March Madness. And I know your aim is to win the national championship one day, one game at a time. And we are definitely pulling for you. I want to let you know you always have a voice here on this show. And we will um, welcome you back anytime. Anything you want to leave us with, Coach? Or uh, Jim may have a question before you go. Okay. Listen to Jim. Well, Coach, I just want to congratulate you on the great Congratulate you on the great and your continued success. Your continued success. Just make sure you don't do fish too bad. Well, I'm just going to say this, Jim. I'm going to tell you, every game is different. You know, once you start winning like this, you you are the hunted. You know, we was hunting early. We was hunting people earlier. Now we're the hunted. And uh, I tell you what, fish <laughs> Fisk got a good team, you know. Fisk, you know, they've been up and down for the last couple of years, but they got some good pieces over there. And uh, and Coach um, uh, Anderson is doing a good job over there. He just got to get some more pieces, and I think he'll, he'll have a really, really good program over there. Mm -hmm. uh, just to say the last word, I appreciate you having me on. And and uh, Tougaloo, we definitely, we definitely going to try to make a difference in the community and the world if we can so hopefully we can keep winning and we can make a statement and i have a voice to try to help these young black men yes, and yes. Uh, get them to the next level so that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to educate them not just on the basketball court but just at every level so they can do better and coach, at the one, end and go board dogs. Coach, one quick question coach, also, one quick question I just wanted to ask: Were you affected by the uh, the water water problem that uh, affected Jackson State in the fall? Yes, I was affected, but you know what? I spent more time at work than at home, so it helped my team. <laughs> I had to help my team a lot because I stayed in the office a lot of hours rather than going home. So it did affect me a little, but I spent more time in the office. So. And helping my team right now. So so you just got to take advantage. I teach my team to take advantage of the disadvantage of things that happen in the world. Amen. Got the camp. Got the camp. Give us a comment. Give us a comment. Where we go. Go. Well, Coach, good luck to you guys. I know that you guys will do well in the tournament. Yes. And we um, will definitely be rooting you all on. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and Coach Neal. And as Dr. Burke said, we hope to hear you back here once you guys win. Give us an update, but we will be watching. Okay. Thank you so much. All righty. All righty. As we often say, you want more sports? Nine, ten, a.m., WFDF. Wednesdays, 9 to 11, and Mark Jones and Friends Show, our sister show. And we'll see you back in 100.
and 68 hours from now. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Bye-bye.